Live from the biggest small town in America, it's the Saturday Night Special with Amy Goose. weeks ago here on the show, we talked about the impact of stress. Particularly, we talked about it in the context of the lives of people like first responders. And you know what? A lot of you, many of you, very sheepishly offered up a follow-up question to that program. Well, what about other stress. And I know that you weren't saying that to diminish the work that anybody in the first responder realm is doing. But nonetheless, the question emerged, what about other stress? The kind that doesn't necessarily come from high stakes, line of duty, adrenaline stuff, but the day to day kind of stuff. It makes us feel burned out and short fused and overwhelmed and kind of empty. May, as it turns out, is Mental Health Awareness Month. So what better time to keep talking about this topic? Self-care. The organization behind the month, Mental Health America, has a theme each year. Last year, it was about mind and body. And this year, it's still mind and body, but it's expanded to include considerations like humor and spirituality and work-life balance, which is a topic we'll get to a little bit later, social connections, technology, social media, and even our pets, all as a way to mindfully boost mental health and general wellness. And look, the term self-care gets a lot of eye rolls. I do it too, all the time. And it kind of gets a bad rap, right, from companies who want to profit from us thinking that self-care is simply a matter of buying their latest expensive face mask or soaking in the tub in some very luxurious bubbles or doing nothing. Sometimes, yes, sure, maybe it could be that, but sometimes it can't be that. For financial reasons, for time reasons, it can't be that. And and sometimes it's about not doing nothing, but it's about taking action and doing a whole lot of something on your own behalf. Think about eating healthy food, getting enough sleep, moving around, getting exercise, getting fresh air, hell, even going to the dentist, cleaning the house, saying no. All of those things can be self-care too. The medical community widely recognizes the short and long-term impact of stress on our bodies and minds and behaviors with symptoms like headaches muscle tension and pain, restlessness, angry outbursts, chest pain, weakened immune systems. The list goes on and gets bleaker and bleaker from there. So what gives? What is happening with this epidemic of stress and other heavy, heavy, hard to carry feelings? Is it technology? Is it our always connected culture, the pressure to do more, the undercurrent of constantly striving to to accomplish more, be more, send one, one more email, re- return this one text, this obsession with productivity? The bigger, the bigger, much bigger question here, too, is what does it say about us as a culture to put so much value on activity and busyness more than actually joy and achievement and doing the things we love, accomplishing something? over doing and doing, doing more and more and more over just simply being. Perhaps it says quite a lot. So we're going to talk about that tonight. 
because whatever the cause, it is not doing us any favors. As I said last time, we talked about this topic of stress. And listen, we've all, most of us anyway, I know I've done this, have done that thing where we vow, you know what, okay, this is my plan. This time I'm going to make a change. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do better in some way and bring the stress down and be healthier. And here's this. According to U.S. News and World Report, 80% of our very hopeful plans of self-improvement, usually they fall right on their faces after about a month. That is not very uplifting data. But nonetheless, we can change because people do it all the time. People make decisions. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to change. I'm going to not be so stressed. I'm going to be happier. I'm going to find my bliss. Great. So how can we change the odds and set ourselves up to beat them? Well, nothing can ever guarantee our success, not on this earth and in this lifetime, right? But tonight we'll talk together about how we can put those odds ever in our favor. Tonight on the Saturday Night Special, we are talking about self-care. And while it's something that perhaps does feel luxurious and privileged and something we can't quite grasp, something we can't even comprehend, what if our lives literally depended on figuring it out and defining self-care for ourselves? So, we're going to talk about it a few ways tonight in celebration of Mental Health Awareness Month to bring more calm and more chill to our minds and our bodies and our lives. We will talk with Roberto Gennaro, a licensed dietitian and author, about having a great positive attitude about good fuel for our bodies and minds, because that is half the battle too, right? And we're going to take your calls and text at 312-981-7200. I know we often do not have space in this program for too many calls and texts, but tonight we do. We have that space. And so, of course, I would love to hear from you. And of course, I'm keeping an eye on Twitter all night where you can find me as at Amy Guth. So let's take a little break and we'll be right back to get this conversation underway on 720 WGN. WGN. It's Amy Guth here on the Saturday Night Special. So as ever, we take one big old topic and we start rifling through that topic and pulling a thread at the sweater and see what unravels and see where we get. And tonight that topic is self-care because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And a few weeks ago, we talked about stress and we talked with the founder, uh, Tiffany Seibert, the founder of Cop to Yoga, about breathing. Uh, we talked with a mental health professional just about being and, and working through your stuff and trying to manage stress. And a lot of you reached out after that show kind of sheepishly because we were mostly focusing on the mental health um, and managing stress in very high stakes situations like um, particularly first responders hence cop to yoga um and so some of you were like, well, but I'm okay. Admittedly, that's, that's a higher stress level than I deal with, but nonetheless, it's still overwhelming. And I hear you for sure. So let's keep this going. It's still May. So let's keep talking about mental health uh, awareness a little bit. There's a great, if you Google that mental health month, there's a lot of resources at that website, uh, mental health America, the MIA uh, or MHA rather they do, um, they do a lot of cool stuff. And there's a lot of there's like even a, a psychological first aid thing in there that I think is really 
um, really useful. There's a lot of just information. You can just kind of um, help yourself learn a few things if you like. But you know what? I want to kind of open this conversation up because I know we don't, we often do not have time for callers in this program because uh, we're so packed with guests. Um, but tonight we, we've got a little room. So I want to hear from you if you have some like a self-care thing. Let's keep it really positive tonight. A self-care thing that you do something, um, you know, maybe it's a gratitude um, practice or something like that. I would love to hear from you. I'd love for you to share that with us. 312 981 um, esteemed producer Vivian Lanou, I don't know about you, but I, you know, want, for me personally, um, one way that I deal with, I, I don't know about stress, but like the pressure, I guess, you know, there's a lot of pressure. I think on women, there's a whole different set of pressure than on men, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that was very liberating to me, and I, I've written about this a lot, and I, if anyone follows me on Instagram, you've seen this transformation happen, was the day that I decided to stop straightening my hair was a big one for me because I felt this pressure to like look broadcasty a certain way and have this broadcast <laughs> hair. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not on TV and I'm not probably going to be. And so, uh, you know, I don't need to. And yeah. I was like, what, who am I doing this for? And and it's not it's like one day it just didn't feel authentic. And, mm-hmm. and I thought it would just be about hair and it would be, oh, it's so much easier. Just let it be curly. And it ended up being about so much more. It ended up, it was interesting because some people, um, male colleagues in different places, and let me say, I've got 12 jobs, so there's there's lots of colleagues. Don't start speculating about this place (laughs) here. But um, particularly men, but a couple women, like, were, were, it was almost like so outraged that I, one person used the word comply. He was like, you're not, you're just not complying, you're not trying, you're not complying. And I was like, complying with what? He's like, you're That's not, an you're not putting yourself together anymore. Why aren't you putting yourself together? I was like, I have literally just stopped straightening my hair. I still style it. I just don't. Stra- it was really strange. Right. So to me, that that went to be a bigger thing about authenticity. And there was a lot of power, I think, in just saying, forget it. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. You know, a, a lot of like I had a producer one time say to me, um, you know, this was a, a number of years ago. But he said, you know what? Um, you're a very unusual looking person and you, and I would love to see you invest in your career and consider. And he starts making this gesture like, Oh, like Botox? Get a little Oh, lift. come on. Yeah. And I was like, Really? Are, are you That's rude. joking right now? And he was serious. He was really like, oh, I, I mean, if you, maybe a little nip and tuck, maybe a different nose. And I was like, Dude, it's my face. You're asking me to get <laughs> surgery. Like, be under anesthesia. That's not a compliment. Sur- you're not a compliment, nor is that good for anybody's mental health to be, you know, like, how about I worry about myself and you worry about yourself yeah. and ne'er the tween shall meet. How about that? I hope I you told him that. I, I did in a in a much different way that I cannot <laughs> say on the air. And, and so I think for me, one thing it was just like embracing like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to be my full self. <laughs> yeah. And that was weird to go there. But but uh, but doesn't it feel good now? Oh, man. Yeah, oh, huge now, difference. So like right now I do that the show during the week for for Crane's Chicago business and it mm-hmm. was I specifically brought up like when it was time to shoot the photos for that. I was like, "Okay, but we're not straightening my hair. <laughs> I got to have curly hair on those signs." And everyone looked at me like, "Oh, but it's really hard to photoshop you onto a different background." I was like, "Oh, well, got to figure it out." That's so funny. Remember last week, you know, when I saw you, I said to you, "Gosh, I can't get over your curls. Like I love your curls." And Thanks. I told you that, and you were just like, "Gosh, you know, I used to straighten it all the time." And I remember you'd mentioning that. So for decades. Yeah, I mean the curls look great. 
Thank so you. keep them. But it's like, you know, there, I think our language does a lot, you know, and the, I'm going and the on a little bit of a too. tangent. But like we even like hair products, we talk about taming. We use words like tame. We use words like smooth. We, you know, it's all about like make it smaller, make it less, be less, be smaller, take up less space. And it was like when I had the the revelation of, you know what? I don't need to take up less space. It's not about taking up less space. I'm just going to be my full self. That was a big one for me. I also, um, and I would love, you know, you guys start calling 312-981-7200 because I want to hear about your, what you do for self-care, particularly um, in the emotional and mental space because I don't want to sit here and talk about me all night because I, I live with me every day. I already know my deal. Um, but one thing I do um, that also I, I enjoy doing a lot is I have a gratitude practice and every day I put at least one, um, I write it on a post-it and fold it up, something that, um, I call it the hell yes jar. It's something that was, that is, um, Oh, I love that. Like I'm grateful for of the day for the day or or that was just great or fun or something like that. And I have this jar and then at the end of the year I dump it out on the floor and I go through it. I usually start texting people cuz I'll be like, "Oh, Vivian, look at this one I wrote about you this day." And I'll text people a picture <laughs> of it or something. Um and sometimes people are like, "What? I don't even remember that. What what did I say to you?" I was like, "I don't remember, but I was grateful for it that day. Thanks for that." That's awesome. I love that idea. I think I think a gratitude pra- and I resisted a gratitude practice for a a long time a long I was like oh yeah. that's so dumb my life is you know at the time I was like in a rough spot this was years ago and I was like oh gosh people that are so Pollyanna about it drive me crazy yeah which they still do but I do think there's something we said even when it's just like bleak and things are rough and you're you know even if because that's it's free to mm-hmm. just write something down it costs you nothing it's it and just even if you don't Heck, even if you don't have paper and a pen just like think about it at the end of the night what was good today what yeah. what um Am I grateful for what? What could I have done better? You know, I think that's a tricky one because sometimes you get like, uh, oh, you start going like, oh, I could have done this better, could have done this better, and then it spirals out of control. Yeah. And we are talking about self care tonight, but I think like checking in and being honest with yourself. Um, I don't know. What do you do? What is your What is your thing that keeps you um, zen? Keeps you zen. Keeps you- <laughs> My friend always says when he's talking about like, um, you know, in yoga a lot we say like the monkey mind, mean like yeah. the chatter in your mind. So he always says keeps the monkeys in check. Yeah. So I I, I play guitar. You do. I do, but I'm not like a professional guitarist or anything. But I, I know that when I play guitar, when I play music, or when I write music, I feel completely relaxed. And I don't know, just, just at peace with everything. How long have uh, you been playing the guitar? Uh, since I was 16. Nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was the, uh, yeah, um, I was obsessed with guitars for the longest time. And I remember for Christmas, I bought myself a guitar um, with all the money that I got, you know, from, you know, my grandparents and, you know, my family. Um, so. I just invested in getting a guitar and I've been I've had it ever since and I've written many songs but they're in Greek so I don't know for some reason it's weird because I can't write in English I can't write a song in English so I can't write a song in English either I can't write a song in any language but (laughs) which is funny because people usually ask me like oh you know what do you write and you know what is it about and I explain to them what it is but also pets I have a dog and his Mm. name is Fivo and my goodness every time I see Fivo yeah what kind of dog is he's a Westie he's a West Highland Terrier (laughs) they're so cute and they're so cute my gosh what Um, does Fivo mean well the funny thing is Fivo is a Greek name but he, we named him after a Greek uh, lyricist. Oh, so <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So about the songwriting, yeah. Pets are a big one, and and the uh, um, as I was reading about Mental Health Awareness Month and all that, the organization behind it, you know, they have a theme every month, as I mm-hmm. mentioned in the opening, and 
this last year they did it was about you know mind and body and the connection between the two and then this year they said that went so well that they just expanded that and one of the things they added to that was our relationship with pets with our companion animals right. i totally agree mine passed away a few years ago as oh, longtime listeners will remember because i did a whole show about <laughs> i was like call me and talk about your pets let's do this and people did people you know i mean i i remember this one man called and said i still miss that dog 25 years later it was so sweet he started to cry in the air it was very sweet um you know our pets are a big deal to us and they're huge and they know that's the thing they know when you are having a terrible day oh my gosh they look at you and they're like "Mm," and they'll come you know like and they'll just come next to you trot over and and snuggle or whatever pets know (sighs) i mean i think they even know you know there's like um trained animals that will go to like uh, assisted living facilities mm-hmm. or, or, you know, any kind of rehab center just to like snuggle with yeah. people and, and love on them. And because and that's because, yes, because dogs Why are not? better than people most of the yeah. time. Oh, my gosh. I agree. I said all the time. <laughs> my dogs are so much better than people. And I, you know what? I know in my neighborhood, I know the dogs. And I couldn't tell you half the people's names. <laughs> but you know like, the dog's names. Yeah. Like I saw this dog the other day. And I looked at him and I was like, I looked right at his face, made eye contact with the dog. I was like, is that Cooper? You're getting so big, buddy. And the guy's just standing there like, yeah, yeah. hi, weirdo. And I was like, I think I've met you guys before. I'm sorry. I don't remember your name. What's that up? is so funny. Yeah. So I think I think pets are a big one. You know, another one that they um, that they talked about this year, the Mental Health Awareness Month um, is the social connections and social media, which I think is a really, really big one. We got to go to break here in a little bit, but we talk a lot about uh, social media and the negative and how it, um, you know, it, it could breed, breed jealousy because you see people online with, you know, what you think may, might be a perfect life or a better life. And look, if you take a picture of your kitchen and you post it on Instagram, I guarantee you all the crap that was on your kitchen counter just got shoved to the side. So you could like, they, they, they're just showing the clean side of the kitchen. They're not showing the whole thing. Right. So, you know, I think um, social media that warrants a much longer, uh, much longer conversation. We got to go to news here in a bit. But on the other side of news, I want to talk about that, because for as much as social media can have its drawbacks and I want to name them and talk about them, I think, too, sometimes it can have some real positives, especially if you're feeling isolated. I think social media can help you feel connected to people you know, on the other side of the world over a common interest or a common joy. And so I think there's there's a, there's a some inherent tension there that I want to talk about a little bit. Um, but then we're after the eight o'clock news, we're going to be talking, we're going to shift a little bit and be talking about how to fuel our bodies and have a really good attitude, body positivity, and feed our brains and fuel it with, uh, you know, and our, and our feelings and all that with the best possible fuel and feel good about doing so. So we're going to take a break and we'll come back here in just a bit. Get your news, all that good stuff here on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN. Hey there, it's Amy Guth here on the Saturday Night Special. Thanks for being with us tonight. As ever, we take one big old topic. We start pulling at it from a lot of directions and unpacking it, and we see where we land. And tonight, that topic is self-care. Because May is Mental Health Awareness Month, we talked about stress in high-stakes situations a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking with um, with Tiffany Seibert from uh, Cop to Yoga, and we were talking about first responders and PTSD and that kind of thing. But a lot of you reached out to me after the program and said, hey, you know what? I get it. That's real high stress. 
and I'm not going to try to compete with that. However, I got stress too. What about stress for the rest of us? And so we're talking about stress and self-care, caring for our bodies and our minds, because look, stress is a thing. It's an epidemic. It's hurting us all. So there's a lot to this topic, and we've been talking all about it. We're joined now. We have a caller, which is very exciting. We don't we don't do a lot of callers on the show because we usually are so packed with guests, but we have a caller. We're joined now by Professor Doug Cork from the Illinois Institute of Technology with a comment. Hello, Professor. Thanks for joining us. Hey, yes, great show. Wonderful topic, Amy. Thank you. I appreciate that. So what is on your mind tonight? What what prompted you to call? Yes. Uh, well, you know, we just, uh, the Sox won tonight. My, my group right. was uh, there. And, uh, we're doing an all-nighter in the lab. And, and we're under a lot of stress to get the data out. And we got we got to do it, you know, publish your parish in academia. And there are a couple of books that really helped me out in that respect. One of them was from the uh, guy at the university, one of my colleagues at the University of Chicago in the business department. He wrote a book called Nudged. Another one is Freakonomics, Think Think Like a Freak. And uh, those guys, Stephen Levitt and uh, Stephen Dubner, um, that would be an excellent book. We do devotions, my wife and I, every morning. We write the happy page, discuss the happy page. She reads the Bible to me, uh, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, it settles us down, uh, gets us organized, clears our head. Then we get have to get to sleep, stay away from the booze. Now, let me ask you this: You said you you do the happy page. What is that? What are, what's the happy page? Is it like morning uh, pages? It, it, the the rules of our game is uh, only a half a page before breakfast. Okay. Well, after breakfast, you got to get something in there. Sure. <laughs> we got to eat first. You got to eat. You got to eat. You right? got to eat. So, <laughs> so I uh, we we start off with a, a breakfast of oatmeal, you know, berries, and the regular routine, clean up the body, and then what we do is basically write a happy page. There are a lot of happy books out there, and but they all centralize around this fact: you write a half a page each, and then you have the person who's the best speaker at that time in the morning to read out loud to each other their half a page of happiness and why we should be so thankful that we're alive and, and it's a great world, you know? So it's, and, a, it's and a gratitude practice helps. of things you're happy about and feeling happy for in the day ahead. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like that. That's cool. And then you, and then you both, you read them both. That's kind of cool. Cause then you're, you and your, your wife are checking in on each other and where like, here's where he is today. Here's where she is today. Here's what's on her mind. That's cool. That's a, that's, that's so that serves two and purposes. Let me recommend. Yeah. Let me recommend a book on that. It can be for less than five bucks at any Walmart. It's got, uh, by the name of Khan. It's in the genre of Kathy Gifford, you know, or the Frank Gifford of the football sure. fame. Yeah. Yeah. He died. And Kathy wrote a book, the uh, rock of the rabbi. And uh, it's about her religious experience going to Israel. So read religious books, read the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, discuss what it means. Read it to each other. That helps. That helped me a lot. Cool. I like that. I think it's, uh, you know, it's spirituality can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. And I, th- but I think whatever it means to each of you, I think it's important to, to make a point to connect with that every day, especially, you know, there's so much thrown at us during the day. You know, it's, it's nice to do real human stuff that, that feels meaningful, I think. Exactly. And uh, let me also mention another one of my colleagues at the University of Hawaii. And I was in the psychology department. He was headed clinical psychology at IIT for years. His name's, Professor Stephen Haynes, he helped me a lot. When he, in the early 80s, when he first came to our institute, he, I was working on the old Apple IIe Wozniak, and he, hooked, he took my students who made algorithms and hooked them up to the brain in the sleep lab 
we got a sleep lab at IIT. And in the sleep lab, he would, even though it sounds harsh, he would induce headaches and, and do the brain scan routine and, and, uh, and how it affects sleep. And we had lots of fun with it. We had control cases and uh, accumulated a lot of data with the students. We paid them for, you know, paid them for sleeping at IIT in the sleep lab. It's in the basement. And uh, he's got a lot of great work. He, if you want to get into academia, um, my colleagues at IIT, Stephen Haynes, the head of clinical psychology in the early 80s, outstanding publications in the area. All right. Well, I'll have to look him up. I don't know. I think our definitions of fun sound different because you said they induce headaches and we had a lot of fun. So I'm not sure. <laughs> no, the, way the, experiment, the way the experiment works is you, it's hard to do this kind of experiment in the early 80s, remember, yeah. with just animals because they're not talking back. So you have to have a control case and you have to have so the, you have to get the consent, and it was an NIH-approved fund. Mm-hmm. So you have a double-blind study in which you have a number of students who need sleep, because if you don't have sleep, your antibodies aren't going to build up in your system. I, I was a biologist on the interprofessional project team. We had a bunch of psychologists. So it's a double-blind study in which you take 100 students and in which you they volunteers say, okay, I can't sleep. Maybe uh, it's because of the stress. Okay, how do you do, do stress? You give 100 of them headaches. And on the same, and it's a double blind. And so on the other one, and you're hooking them up, and you take their uh, alpha waves and beta waves and, and see why they're not getting in the ROM, deep sleep. Oh, you got to have a. I, I want Professor, I want to do a whole other show on sleep. I, I think I need you back for that one because <laughs> I think sleep is so important to self-care, but we we almost prize in our culture. We almost prize sacrificing it. Oh, I was up all night working on this report. I was up all night doing this. I was, you know, we, we talk about so it like true. it's a, like it, we, we almost martyr our, our sleep a little bit. I think that's very dangerous because my grandfather lived a very long time and he always said, take a nap every day, take a nap. Yeah doesn't really fit yeah. in my life but you know it's good advice it's good <laughs> so professor what do you what do you work on now what is your area of expertise now at IIT I am I am an applied environmental microbiologist I'm living in Kankakee that's why I have the 815 area code I'm a, a member of power it's an organization called protection of water and environmental resources we I'm a water keeper for the Kankakee River that goes um, upstream to downstream and feeds towards Chicago you know what I feel like we're going to be calling you for a couple of shows in the future because you've got a whole lot of information. I mean, that's a great topic too. We we talk about environmental stuff very often. So you know what? I think before I let you go, I hope that you will uh, um, give esteemed producer Vivian Lanou your uh, your info so we can call you back because I uh, I know we're going to talk about your area of expertise again soon. But I appreciate your calling on this topic tonight. Thank you, Amy. It's a wonderful topic. Thanks so much. I appreciate your call. All right. So we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to keep this conversation going. We're talking all about self-care tonight. As you can see, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of stuff there, right? We touched on sleep. We touched on social media. We still got to talk about social media. So how about that? On the other side of this break, we're going to talk specifically about social media, the good and the bad that that has on our mental health and well-being. Back in just a bit here on 720 WGN. Seven twenty, WGN. It's Amy Guth here on the Saturday Night Special. 
As ever, we take one big topic and we look into it all evening and explore it and kick it around in that topic tonight is self-care because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And look, we're all pretty stressed out. We've all got a lot going on. Our, our world's kind of built for us to be stressed out, to tell you the truth. And, you know, one way is that social media is everywhere. And, on, and I think there's an inherent tension in it because on one hand... It can be it can, you know, connect you with people around the entire world around a common interest, which I think is very cool. I think, you know, it can help you keep in touch with people that have moved away. I know I, you know, moved a lot as a kid. So I have friends in different cities and places where we lived and I'm able to keep in touch. And so like scrolling through my social media feed on one hand is like just kind of walking down Main Street, checking on everybody. Oh, look, you had a baby. Oh, look, you did this. You did this. You went here. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, But I think on the other side of that is sometimes it can breed a little bit of jealousy. You know, I try to be very mindful of this, but you know, sometimes you see like, oh my God, she has a beautiful house. Look at her house. Oh my God. She has those really expensive yoga pants that I cannot afford ever. Oh, look how pretty her hair is. Like it gets you on this, you know, this thing. But uh, like, let's be real. So few people are going to be like, I'm going to get out of bed looking my cruddiest, take a selfie with my messy house in the background looking like crap. No one's going to do that, right? You're going to be like, good morning, everybody, like with <laughs> lip gloss on or whatever. And I've noticed this thing happening. So a friend of mine went on vacation and she posted this very beautiful photo of um, palm trees. And it was the other day when it was one of the many recent days where it was just rainy and gloomy and crappy outside, right? And so she posted this beautiful photo. It was just gorgeous, right? It's like the sun and coming up over the water. It was so beautiful. And I know she had wanted to go on that trip for so long. And I could just tell she was having a beautiful time from just the way she was putting the photos up and sharing them. And and I noticed the first several comments were really mean. They were friends of ours. They were joking, but they were, you know, like jealous, jokingly jealous. But even then I thought, well, that's kind of mean spirited. So I, I commented what I often comment when, because people always, you know, get a lot of grief for going on, on somewhere nice. And I said, hey, you know, I'm so glad you're sharing these pictures with us. It's I can tell you're having a great time. It looks so fun. I've never been to that place. And, you know, I'm. it's so fun to live vicariously through you. Also, the weather here is so cruddy and rainy today. I'm so glad you're enjoying the sunshine. And the comments stopped. It was like we, we've gotten like snark is so the default language of the Internet. No one knew what to do after that. Wow. You topped it. I shut it down. You did. Shut it down. So I think about that a lot. I mean, especially I think for for women, there's so much pressure to look a certain way, to have a certain kind of body, to wear this, do that, you know, forget it. I can't absolutely that. But, you know, sometimes it's rough to to kind of like, I mean, I I know somebody who (laughs) shortly after giving birth, she was looking at Instagram and she was just like, oh, my God, that woman had a baby six weeks ago. I don't look like her. I was like, I mean, you you don't. You don't know anything about that woman. <laughs> you know, like yeah. she might be miserable. She was also like she's a personal trainer. She was she had a different she started at a different point. She's also a different age. That you know, it's like there's so many factors. We, it's never apples and oranges. We're, we should never compare ourselves to people. I know it's hard not to though. I know it's hard not to, but but I think that's a big um, I think that's a big one. And I think social media is one we wrestle with a lot, right? Because sometimes self-care is getting off social media. You know, you can put on, on Twitter, especially you can put that quality filter on your replies. I have it. I use it. And, and, and 
I wrestle with that because sometimes having the quality filter turned on means if some I don't know somebody or or they're saying some sometimes if like a total stranger sends me a tweet and there's like a swear word in it, I probably won't see that reply. It won't even be in my in in my mentions. And I know sometimes I've I've probably missed some really funny things that happen to have a swear word or something like that. But the payoff is that I also get to screen out really abusive language and really, you know, volatile and gross things that get said to me sometimes. And I know, you know, so I think there's a, you know, there's that trade off too. So sometimes, um, you know, the, the answer, the self care answer is like, I'm not going to be on social media today. It's rough. It's hard. Um, about, uh, let's see, it was, gosh, I was going to say a year ago, it's been longer than that. It was when Prince Harry and Meghan Markle got engaged. I had been thinking about writing an op-ed piece about um, about engagement rings and how we put a lot of focus on that and never mm-hmm. say like, are you happy? We go like, how big is the ring? What does the ring look like? Ugh. We don't go like, are you in love? Are you happy? Do you treat each other wonderfully? That's is such that, a good topic. Is that your person? And so I've, I I started having some thoughts about, well, what are they for? Are, maybe it's time to revisit what they're for. And that's a, t- that's a conversation for another day. If you want to Google this op-ed I wrote, it's at the LA uh, Review of Books. But I, I published it. And so that was my news hook. I was like, oh, they got engaged. There's my news hook. And I said, all these photographers gathering around the happy couple taking pictures of the ring. And immediately the backlash was so ugly. It was so ugly. People, you know, people were really mean about it. A couple of people were like, oh, that's actually an interesting point. I never thought about it. I've just done this by rote. I've just participated in this. I never even thought about what it actually means or why it started. You've given me something to think about. But most people were like, women were mad. Like, don't you take away my jewelry. I was like, you do whatever the heck you want. I don't care. I'm just saying, let's think <laughs> about this. Let's, if you do it, do it because it's meaningful. Don't do it because you think that's the thing to do. Don't do anything by rote. That's my whole message in my whole life. Right. Let's just not do, let's think about everything we do. So women felt like I was like making fun of jewelry and taking away that. Look, I like jewelry as much as the next person. Men thought I was trying to emasculate them. Like, like other people thought that, I mean, people thought mean things and none of those things are things I meant to do. I wanted to do. That's not what I was saying at all. So it was like, so what I decided was I was just not going to look at social media for a couple of days because I was like, it's really kind of gross out there. And people are saying, you know, it's a ma- It's one thing to say like, oh, I'm going to ignore that. That's so stupid. You know, someone just said I'm an idiot, which literally happens every time on the air. Someone's probably tweeting that to me right now. Um, and that's fine. And that I can handle. But sometimes when it's a high volume of it, when it's going on for days, you're just like, ugh, yuck, you know. So sometimes the answer is like, I don't I, I get to opt out. Sure, you got the right to say whatever you want online, but I have the right to not listen to you. I have the right to opt out. I have the right to care for myself. And we all do. And so um, I just didn't really look at social media for a couple of days. And then I handed my phone to my friend and I said, hey, look at my Twitter mentions. I think it's, am I good to get back on there? She goes, yeah, I think it's in the best interest of your mental health that you give it another couple of days. And, and I, you know, that's unfortunate that we're at that moment where we got to do that. You know, we have this narrative, don't, um, you know, don't read the comments. It's like, well, but we have the right to and we should be able to. But, you know, so I think we're, we're in a weird spot in the moment that we're in with social media where we have to kind of negotiate that kind of thing. But but so there's a lot there. I mean, this is a whole topic, a whole big thing. I'm, I've been working on a project for a number of years around this very topic because it's complicated because there's a lot to it. But I think I still choose to believe that there is inherent good in technology and it will help us. And, and it's, it's going to eventually be a good thing. And especially social media. I mean, it's the social part of social media that makes it work. And so at the end of the day, I think there will be a lot of good. I mean, if you think about major political movements, have the Arab Spring happened because of social media. Right. People are able to organize online 
in new ways. People are able to communicate. I mean, because we all have essentially, we all have a camera in our pocket, the role of the bystanders changed. I mean, think about like Ferguson and how that was so different when there was a media blackout. None of us could get there. Citizens whipped out their phone and we could see what was happening. So I think there's a lot of good that can come from social media, but I just think it's kind of the Wild West still. And and it's hard to negotiate that. And I think it's almost a daily negotiation, depending on what you're there for and what you talk about online usually. I think sometimes it can be tough to go, mm, you know what, it's not in the interest of my mental health to be here today. Yeah. Or it, or on the other side, it's in the interest of my mental health to block that person, report them for being a piece of garbage and saying these disgusting inflammatory things or retweeting them and throwing to them to the court of public opinion. Like I think self-care looks different for everybody. I think it's tricky. But think- it also makes you feel bad. That you're doing it in a way. I, I mean, don't. I, I would feel bad. If someone says something awful enough for me to block them and report them, I don't feel bad. Yeah. I like the the court of public opinion. Often I will just like retweet if it's, I mean, if it's really volatile and disgusting, I won't. But if it's just like so crazy, I'll just retweet it and be like, hey, friends, this person thinks this. Go for it, you know, um, and just see what happens. Like, let people d- deal with it. And and then it feels kind of validating when people are like, no, right. you're wrong. You're wrong. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's a really tricky one. But I think um, visual social media kind of is, is its own subtopic here, right? Because, yeah, for sure. Because there's a, you know, and, and I've been talking about with women because that's, I can only speak to the female experience. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I know men too have looked like, I know some men that have looked at like some um other men on 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 Instagram have been like, God, I'm not ripped like that guy. I wish I could. Right. Like, I can't and, lose and that's weight what I was going to tell you. or whatever. And that's what I was going to say too. It's it's you compare your life, you compare yourself, sure, with people on social media. So that's the the negative aspect yeah. of social media because you you have to find a way to adapt to it. My if you want to use I just, it, I just stopped caring. <laughs> or that, or that, that you can strategy. do that too. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. This is a very very uh, valuable lesson I learned in my life. When I was in my early twenties, I had a friend that I was working with, and she. Um, she was blind from birth. She had never had, you know, her visual sense available to her. And she said to me one time, she said, Hey, why do people, you know, I I get people get so freaked out about, you know, beauty magazines setting airbrushed standards for people and, and, and impacting young women's self-esteem. How about we just get rid of them? I was like, well, they're selling us a bunch of crap. And, you know, there's that. And they are publications with actual journalism. And even if it's padded with a bunch of ads that make us feel terrible, right. bathing suit season or whatever. Um, and, and a, a, you know, a long time passed. And then all of a sudden she goes, you know, I have no idea what I look like. So I just assume I'm really hot. <laughs> there you go. And I laughed and I thought like that was a very surface kind of thing to say. But then the deeper meaning, the more I thought about that, I was like, imagine like how much of that is in, we impose on ourselves because we believe we are X or Y or we're not this enough or we're too much this or whatever. I was like, wow, what a life lesson. For, and it was very simple. Like I've, I have no idea what I look like. So wow. I just assume I'm great. And I go from there and I act accordingly. And I was like, wow, that's what beautiful self-esteem this woman has because she, yeah, she has, you know, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to like glorify or glamorize or, you know, malign the plight of anybody who might you know right. struggle with something like that. I was listening. But certainly I just thought this one moment um, when I early on in my friendship with her, I thought was really special and interesting. And I have um, over the years, I, I still am in touch with her. But over the years, I've, I've learned a lot from her about how we perceive ourselves and, and what we care about visually and what we take in visually. 
um, just by, you know, just by her perception of the world, I think is really interesting. Anyway, that's a whole other show is what that is. We're going to take a break, get you to news. And the other side of news, we're going to make a little bit of shift because we're talking about self-care tonight. And we've been talking a lot about our mental health. We're going to shift a little bit to talk about how do we feed our bodies and set ourselves up to have great overall well-being? How do we do that? How do we fuel those brains that we want to keep nice and healthy? That's what's on the other side of the news. Back in just a bit here on 720 WGN. 720 WGN. Hello there. It's Amy Guth here on the Saturday Night Special. Tonight we're talking about self-care. So May is Mental Health Month, yes. But a couple weeks ago we talked about high stress situations and how to breathe your way through them and how to manage that kind of stress in big time stress situations. And a lot of people followed up with me with a whole lot of questions. Hey, can we talk about this? What about daily stress? What about this? How do I eat to help my stress? How do I just care for myself? Lots of stuff came up. So I did what I always do. When we have questions, I bring in an expert and I we have Roberta Gennaro in the house with us. She's a licensed dietitian, author, public speaker. You hear her. She's all around. Welcome. Thank you. Amy. Uh-oh, I'm going to turn on your microphone and everything. Oh, there we go. That's the one. Thank you, Amy. Welcome. Um, I appreciate you being here. So when we think about self-care, a mm-hmm. lot of times, I think um, one of two things happens. Either yes. we think about eating this very indulgent thing that's going to make us feel like crap later. Right. Or we think, um, I'm only going to just, only with the kale and the <laughs> this and the omega-3 and the this. You know, how do we, I feel like a lot of our culture is very this or that, very extreme, very polarized. How do we get to a place where we're just thinking about the food we're eating as self-care and fueling our brains, fueling good attitudes, a, a good mood? I think that's right. half the battle, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think many people don't realize just how impactful what they eat is on their mood or their energy level. Yeah. So when you're under a lot of stress, like you were talking about, it's so important to make sure that you breathe, number one, right? Um, so oftentimes when I'm sitting with a client and I notice that I'm getting short of breath as they talk, I'm like, okay, we need to just, time out. Yeah, time out here. We need to just take a deep breath and relax. And is this your MO usually during the day? And if they say yes, then I have them do, you know, three or four times during the day where they actually breathe in deep, hold their breath and release it mm-hmm. and do that like five to 10 times until they actually feel the stress hormones in their system just release. That would feel more relaxed. Absolutely. That was something that came up um, the last time we did this stress show that kind of led to doing this follow up show. Because, you know, we we had a meditation teacher in she's mm-hmm. from cop to yoga. And okay. she was talking about she's like, it's really I, I'm taking uh, police officers through right before their shift. I'm taking them through these breathing exercises. Right. So many texters and callers were like, come on, I just listened. Yeah. And you're gonna tell me to breathe. I'm like, no, for real, it's right. like it's, there's science here. You can Google this. It's oh, real. absolutely, absolutely. You know, the other thing I think as well as um, as far as far as self care is concerned, really being hydrated is the next thing on. Like, kind of the first thing I talk to people about. Most people do not drink enough water, so the system will be more stressed. You'll tend to be vasoconstricted. Your blood pressure will go up. Um, you can tend to be a little anxious. And so drinking water throughout the day, 
you know, kind of a general rule of thumb is maybe having a cup of water before your meal and then some kind of drink if it's like a decaf green tea or coffee, something that's going to actually hydrate your system will also help de-stress you a little bit. Mm -hmm. When it comes to compounds in the diet that actually contribute to stress, sugar is definitely one of them. So if you're under a lot of stress, or you're really just looking to take care of your body and decrease inflammation in the body, you really want to limit simple sugars. Now, some people say, does that mean I can't have anything with sugar in it? And the answer to that is no, they can have some sugars in their food naturally, you know, fresh fruits are going to give you natural sugars. And then there may be some, you know, there's some teas on the market that I like that Uh, like a green tea that maybe has 10 calories in the bottle. So you're maybe getting two to five grams of sugar in that. So if something you're sipping on with a meal and the antioxidants in the green tea are good for de-stressing and for self-care, I'm all for it. Uh, Caffeine is another one. When you are stressed and you really want your energy level to stay consistent through the day, it's important to make sure that you don't have central nervous stimulants going in like caffeine. So caffeine will raise your energy and then drop it. And so what you, what I see clinically is a lot of people having one cup of coffee after the other, and by the end of the day, they're like, oh, I don't know, I've had four to, to eight cups of coffee. And they're like this, you know, shaking, and their system is stressed, and oftentimes, too, skipping meals. So their system is not being nourished, and and that's... Not a good way to take care of yourself. I mean, I think you know? what's underneath a lot of what you're saying is something that we talk about a lot on this program, and that mm-hmm. is kind of underlying cultural messages around busyness. Yes. That it's almost um, heroic right, to answer, how are you? How have you been? Oh, I'm crazy busy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's almost, oh, you must be a very valuable and productive person. Right. Or, oh, I'm on my seventh Frappuccino today because I got to go kill it and crush it and like, eh. Yeah. Maybe we could all just reel it in a little Take bit. Take it down a notch, right? Yeah, I think there's so yeah. much of that where we we kind of glorify, oh, I didn't have time for lunch today. Oh, I'm on my fourth coffee. Oh, I did this. Uh, like, I think there's a lot of messages that are that really run counter to self-care. Absolutely. There's a big message out there about dieting. So what diet are you on? Oh, I'm mm-hmm. on keto. I'm on this. I'm on that. And I think that what I try to teach in my clinic is just really practical eating. And one of the cool programs I started this year is um, text consulting. So I have my clients text me a picture of what they're eating in real time. And then I give them an emoji, like a thumbs up or a smiley, or, you know, I might, or I might make a comment. And I found that it's really effective Hmm. because unfortunately, we don't come with an owner's manual, right? So a lot of us are struggling with, okay, I think I know how to eat right, right? But then when they sit down with me, I realize that a lot of people don't know how to eat right. And they've been maybe talked to by a friend or two that have lost some weight, because that seems to be a focus with a lot of women. Mm -hmm. And we're in Women's Health Week. Did you know that's ending today? I did not. (laughs) So... Um, but women are always, you know, concerned about that, the waistline and, and, and gaining weight. And so there's kind of a fear association with food. And when I started my company, Figure Facts, I, I really wanted to help people understand how to fuel their body for good health and weight management, mm-hmm. that you don't have to be on a diet 
to actually manage your health and your weight. Uh, and you can have your treats, but you have to understand where they count, you know, yeah. what they count for in that, in that food plan. Mm-hmm. And that's what I teach people. So um, anyway, I just, I think it's important that uh, women get the message that dieting is not the way to go. I'm always plugging on my podcast, Figure Facts for Life here at WGN, mm-hmm. that women actually um, seek the counsel of a registered dietitian, somebody that they can really relate to. Just like any health professional, you may meet one, somebody that you don't connect with and then you know you meet with a, a dietitian that you just love so yeah, just with any sure. service provider right I mean, exactly even exactly. writing your will or something no, you want somebody to right you with, want somebody right? you can connect with yeah so that's super important but i think just having that relationship mm-hmm. uh, and you know meeting with somebody and then like i said doing this program where i text with people it's, it's just wonderful yeah it, it really you know for years being a dietitian people were bringing in food records you know on like an envelope or a piece of toilet That's paper. That's exhausting and it's for like, you to well, deal with. Well, and I kind of felt like a waitress, you know, at oh. some point. I was like, okay, and you had what? The, the one slice Did of you toast want with fries on it? it? Okay, yeah, great. You know? <laughs> and so, I, you know, a lot of questions were behind that. But the visual cue is so, so good. And easy. And easy. And it's really helpful for my clients who find that they get that immediate, like, okay, you're good. Mm-hmm. You're good. You're right on track. And then it's a learning process, almost like, you know, I'm teaching them how I view a meal yeah. or when I'm out to eat, this is what I would do if I had that in front of me. You know, maybe I would have half of that or go ahead and have that and then adjust what you're going to do for yeah. dinner sure. to compensate for, you know, carb, protein and fat balance in the, yeah. in the meal. Well, and I think there's so much to, you know, before the news, we were talking about social media a little bit and how mm-hmm. that can really strike up a lot of feelings of, oh, that person's thinner or curvier yeah. or bigger boobs or whatever, or yes. prettier, longer hair, whatever, all right. the things that mm-hmm. we sometimes do when we're not feeling great about ourselves. Right. And, you know, I think there's so many I mean, there's so much nonsense out in we here we have greater access to information than ever. Mm -hmm. And there's so much of it that I mean, the good news is everyone can have a voice now and anyone can start a website, right? The bad news is anyone can have a voice, anyone can have a website, right? (laughs) Right, And so there's some things you're reading, you're like, no, that's totally, right, totally cuckoo bananas right there, what you're saying. And I think, you know, I I see this on Instagram all the time, people be like, my fitness tip for the day, don't eat for three days, only have water with lemon and cayenne, and then have your what I'm like, come on, I I always say, because I I am real passionate about breakfast, nobody wants to deal with me if I do not eat something in the morning. And right. I always say, um, I cannot conquer this world on an empty stomach. Right. I cannot. No. I want to. And I want to say things like that. But especially, I don't know, I feel like a little bit of a responsibility right. to younger women, too, yes. in my field to be like, no, no. Yeah. We got to do the things. We got to well, care for ourselves. You know, you hear. So that's something that we always heard. You know, breakfast is the, the first meal of the day. Sure. And essentially, it does. It's the word breakfast comes from breaking the fast. Right. Okay. So. If you don't break the fast in the morning and you, your first meal of the day is at one o'clock in the afternoon, then you essentially are slowing your metabolism down. So there's there's been studies where they'll actually add a meal in the evening to uh, a person's regimen and then that doesn't have breakfast, and then they actually start losing weight. Interesting. So 
this, that's a huge, interesting aspect of like when I was running the nutrition clinic at Rush Medical Center, I had access to what they call a metabolic cart. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at um, the calories that somebody burns at rest. So know that there's 1,440 minutes in the day, and most people are burning between 0.6 and one calorie a minute. So for those of you that are, you know, trying to consume, you know, 800 or less calories in your day and thinking you're doing yourself a favor, what ends up happening is you actually slow your metabolism down. And then you get frustrated because you're like, I'm starving myself. Mm-hmm. And you literally are. Yeah. And your body's and, going, and your hey, body thinks you're fasting. I got to hibernate. I got to no, cons- exactly. conserve, conserve mode. And, and you don't get the results. And what a great thing. As far as the dietitian is concerned, this is like the best thing to tell your client. You need to eat more. Yeah. You need to eat more to lose weight. They're like, what are you talking about? And I've actually had clients where I'll work with them and they're religious about showing up, but maybe not listening to exactly what I'm telling them and they're not getting the results. And I'm thinking, cause I can't follow them around all day. Mm-hmm. thinking, why? If they're following what I'm telling them, this should be working. And then it comes out, you know, Oh, I haven't really been doing it. This is what I've really been doing. And now the light bulb goes on in my head. Like, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you really want to get this weight off, you have to do exactly what I tell you. And it's not, I don't tell my clients exactly what to eat. I give them guidelines so that um, they know what the context of the meal should contain or mm-hmm. the contents of the meal should be. And then they're able to pick and choose, like, I want this grain or I want this uh, vegetable this protein source, and but the balance is always there. The fiber content is always there. You know, part of feeling good, we were talking about self-care, is if you're not going to the number two or moving your bowels every day, sure. right? There's a problem Why there. Why do nutrition people love to talk about poop? I know. <laughs> All of you talk about poop so much. Because <laughs> it's so important because that stuff cannot be sitting in your gut too long. But that's part of... Um, taking care of yourself sure. is making sure that you're getting enough fruits and vegetables in your diet. I talk about that all day long, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you that 80% to 90% of my clients are not eating the fruits and vegetables that are recommended. Hmm. And so that's why I spend a lot of my time actually guiding them in that direction. And, you know, generally a certain amount of fiber at each meal is recommended somewhere between six and 10 grams. And if somebody's on zero grams of fiber in their day coming into my clinic, then I graduate them up to the recommended level. Yeah, you can't be doing that all at once. No, it's gonna go no, because you'll you. have some GI distress, right? But definitely part of self-care. You yeah, know, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Let me say this too, Yeah, please Amy. do. Um, one of the things that I really like to share with my clients is that I tell them, you know, coming in, maybe there's things that you're not happy about with your body, you know, oh, I wish I had a, you know, a smaller waist or a smaller booty, you know, or mm-hmm. something. But I always ask them to look at, some, tell me something that you really love about yourself. You know, focus on, as you're taking, because it's a journey, and there's a paradigm shift a relationship with food paradigm shift that has to happen sure. because if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same result, but always focusing on what you love about yourself, taking care of yourself through the journey of health management as well as weight management yeah. is so important. Wouldn't that be fascinating? A light bulb just went off, but wouldn't that be yeah. interesting if we said, I'm, uh, here's what I love about myself. I'm going to nourish that yes. as opposed to, I got to get rid of this hip or whatever. Right. You know, We all have our 
things. Or some we, people say, oh, you know, I'm going to buy those cute clothes when I get my weight down. Yeah. No, buy them now, have them taken in, and feel really good about yourself as you journey to your goal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think, I mean, I think um, there's so much about the way we talk to ourselves. Yes. The way we frame things. That's yes. that's something I think that comes up in every show. How are we framing it? What's the right. underlying thing? Right. Are we too busy? I mean, I feel like that's a topic that comes up again and again. Right. We're a little overdue for a break. We're going to take okay. a break right now. Fabulous. We're talking with Roberta Gennaro. She is a licensed dietitian, author, podcaster here at WGN Plus. You can hear her if you have that WGN Plus app or just go to WGNRadio.com. We're going to keep this conversation going back in just a bit here on 720 WGN. 720 WGN. A couple text messages from... 815. It's funny that you say you gave up straightening your hair. I did as well. And I'm kind of a feisty and sassy woman and feel more like myself. I feel like I can be myself because my hair is part of who I am. My hair is curly and exciting, just like me. You and 815 are my new friend because I feel you and I feel that comment big time. Uh, also, Amy, I don't have any social media accounts and I feel lucky. I wish I knew social media at times. Oh, well. That's from Carrie and uh, also 815. Thanks for that. This one, we've been talking, we're sitting here with Roberta Gennaro talking about she is a a licensed dietitian and an author. And so we've been talking about food, like food that fuels our mood and makes us better and really cares for us and how to care for ourselves with good food choices. Uh, we have great topic, great show. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And also 815, let's say 815 tonight. And from 312, uh, a texter, I'm going to paraphrase here, talking about yo-yo dieting. We're going to talk about that here a little bit. But she says, my point is that weight is a lifestyle change, not a diet. I also eat three meals with two snacks. So we're going to talk a little bit about that on the other side of news. <laughs> WGN. Hello, it's Amy Guth, and this is the Saturday Night Special. And as ever, we're talking about one big topic all evening. And tonight, that topic is self-care. There's a lot to that. We originally picked that topic because May is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is a very important topic. So this is our second show on that topic. But you know what? How we feed our bodies and our attitude around our fuel, that's a big thing, too. So as ever, when we need to talk about something, we bring in a very smart expert to talk about it with us. So we have Roberta Gennaro with us. She's a licensed dietitian and author of public speaker. She has a podcast here at WGN. You know all the things about her. You've heard her. She's everywhere. Um, so before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, all the, you know, all the messages out there. There's so much uh, yes. contradictory information for people. And uh, one of the texters sent in, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but she said, you know, she tried Weight Watchers, gained okay. it back. She had a baby, lost some weight, came back, you know, like mm-hmm. all these things. Finally, it was a matter of just kind of a lifestyle change. And right. she's feeling like she's she and her husband have both lost some weight now and then she's feeling good about it um and i think that's such an important topic too because we're bombarded with messages of do this diet do this thing do this thing but i can't imagine that it's very healthy for us to approach it that way no it really isn't and actually you know talking about that yo-yo dieting where you're losing weight gaining it back losing gaining it back Studies show that with each cycle of losing weight, you're actually slowing your metabolism down and becoming a higher percentage body fat because there's some, depending upon how you diet, so to speak, you you actually could lose lean body mass, which is what makes up your metabolism. So very important to make sure you're staying active when you are in the weight loss phase Mm -hmm. Um, and focus more on the lifestyle, like being active. How much am I moving? Am I drinking enough fluids? Because as we get older, 
thirst and hunger get confused. So we tend to go and eat as adults when we really need to drink. And one of the key guidelines to know if you are experiencing thirst versus hunger is if you just had a meal a couple of hours ago, chances are it's thirst and not hunger. Mm. Because normal physiological hunger occurs every three to four hours in the adult body. Whereas in children, it's about every two to two and a half hours because they have a smaller stomach. Sure. So they can only take in so much energy. I think that dis- distribution she's talking about, three meals, a couple snacks. Mm-hmm. If you look at the day, if you start and you have your breakfast at eight in the morning, you have lunch at noon, you have a snack at three, you have dinner at six, and maybe another little snack at nine. And that snack for a lot of my clients can be just, you know, a cup of almond milk. Just something, and, and some of them heat it up and put a little cinnamon and make it, you know, taste good. And, and it's just that little warm beverage at night that fills the stomach and helps you to sleep a little bit better. Uh, it doesn't have to be, um, generally, snacks I recommend are between 100 to 200, n- no more than 250 calories. So not a bag of Doritos is what you're saying. Well, I mean, you know what? If that's your choice, then I I <laughs> would say it. the 25 cent bag. You know, <laughs> don't be dipping cent. into the bag that, you know, uh, the big yeah. bag, the family size, yeah. you know, because when, it, you know, we'll take that as an example, because mm-hmm. somebody would say, oh, the dietitian is going to say no to that, sure. right? But if that's your favorite snack and you like Cool Ranch Doritos, then I would say, to control the portion, you either look at the label, and if it says there's nine servings in this bag, then take little snack packs or um, sandwich baggies, the Ziploc, and portion it out, and then put those bags right back in that family size bag. Oh, that's that way, when idea. you go to reach in, you're not reaching into the chips. You're actually just taking out your portion. Because when we break it down, understand that the human body does not read, here comes a Dorito. Or here comes a cookie. What it reads is, here's some carbs, here's some fat. Do I need it now or do I store it for later? And we know the first line of storage for carbohydrates is glycogen stored in the muscle. It is not fat. Carbs do not automatically go to fat. Now, fat is very effectively and efficiently stored as fat. All right? So when you look at this single uh, portion of a chip, be it any chip, uh, you're going to notice that the carbohydrate content is somewhere between 15 and 20 grams of carbohydrate. That's the amount of carbohydrate that's in about a slice of bread. So that's how you have to think about it, that that's what that would be. And that's manageable and it's not excessive Mm -hmm. if you can watch that portion. So all foods can fit within the context of a healthy food plan. And that's one of the things I I think is why I've been successful with my clients is that I work with them with what they do like to eat and then show them the portions that are within the guidelines. Instead of saying, never Instead of do saying this. no, because yeah. once you say no, it's kind of like that little kid in you wants to rebel. Yeah, but I want right, it. But I want it. Yeah. Now, that's another, that brings up another point. Uh, for the moms out there, we just had Mother's Day, mm-hmm. right? And I made a point on my podcast to mention that they really are the role model in their family for, because they're purchasing the food, they're preparing it oftentimes. Um, and so children are going to be looking at what their parents do. Right? Absolutely. Even I think the the messages you give them, like if you're if you're engaging in like negative self talk about your body yes. and all that, I think the, kids get that. And oh, hear they, it. absolutely. I have a, the cutest story to share. My niece, when she was three, my my mom, they were at the mall and they went into a, a little candy store, and my mother asked my niece if she wanted a piece of chocolate, and she said, "Well, is that high in fat?" At three. 
Oh, boy. And she said, well, yeah, it has a little bit of fat. She goes, okay, well, I'll just have one because it tastes really good, Graham. You know, so, I mean, that, so yeah. obviously some, you know, there were some messages going on there. Sure. But think about, think about it this way, too, as a mom. You have rules for your children. And even as a dad, I'm sure if your child went in and grabbed a bag of cookies or a bag of chips and said, I'm going to have this for dinner, you would say, oh, no, you're not. Yeah. Right? Sure. But oftentimes, as adults, we'll break our own rules. The rules that we apply to our children, we don't apply to ourselves. And that is huge. When you start applying the rules you apply to your children, to yourself... It makes a huge difference. You don't skip meals. You got to eat all your vegetables before <laughs> yeah, you, you have dessert. Yeah, you eat all your vegetables before, right? There's, and, a, there's that ice cream ad that I'm thinking of. It was like a um, some kind of like fancy gelato or something where yeah. the kid flips on the light and the parents are in the kitchen like, no, yeah. it's gross. You don't like this. Right, right. You don't and the it's child's exactly like, yes, I do. Yes, I like crunchy stuff. It's <laughs> right, bad. Yeah, exactly. It's totally that. Yeah. We're going to take a little break. On the other side of this break, though, I want to think about... What we should be eating when we're under stress, okay. especially when we're under periods of great stress, when we know, okay, I've got this this big deadline, this big thing, yes. or, you know, sometimes life stuff, you know, yes. grief, things like that. What okay. do we do to both comfort ourselves and help nourish ourselves through it? Because that's gotcha. a lot. Okay. We're talking with Roberta Gennaro, licensed dietitian, author, podcaster, all the things back in just a bit here on 720 WGN. <laughs> to let that song play a minute i haven't heard that one that's from the wayback machine vivian isn't it a good song it's a good one that's a, and it was a really fun video back when music videos were a thing still on tv anyway hello 720 wgn it's amy guth this is a saturday night special as ever we take one big old topic we talk about many aspects of it all night i feel like we need six more hours to cover all the things that we have unearthed so far but we have been talking about self-care how to take good care of ourselves let's face it we lead very busy lives we prize busyness and doing all the things we pri- we we talk about sacrificing sleep like we're going to get a medal for doing it we talk about skipping lunch. We talk about not taking good care of ourselves. I'm saying enough. No more of that. Let's take good care of ourselves and give ourselves, help each other, ask each other how we're doing and actually mean it. Let's eat good food and nourish ourselves. So of course, we have Roberta Gennaro in the house. She is a licensed dietitian. She's giving us lots of good counsel, lots of very, very wise counsel. I loved your point about hydration earlier. I think that's so important. Thank you. I'm a big hydration person. I'm, I'm that like early water, <laughs> lemon, all the things. Oh, that's the first thing you have to do. You got to get that. You got to you have to hydrate your body first thing in the morning because the longest period of time you go without fluid or food is overnight. That's right. So your body is actually dehydrated and if you think about the body, it's a combustion engine just like a car engine is. So a car engine with very little oil which is its lubricant, mm-hmm. will not function efficiently and oh, could actually destroy terribly. the engine, right? <laughs> right? And the same thing with the human body. Lack of fluid actually leads to more disease and infection in the body. So it's it, it's got to be number one. Yeah. It really does don't on be your list. Around yeah, don't mess around, folks. Yep. Um, so my question for you here is this. When we're talking about stress, you yeah. know, sometimes it is uh, certainly things we can control, like 
reel it in a little bit, maybe get better sleep. We could care for ourselves better. But sometimes yes. life is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have a period of grief. Sometimes yes. we, you know, lose a job or a person or a pet or something. Right. And we are in very high stress. Those adrenal glands are going. Right. All those things are happening. How do we eat when we are under periods of great stress so that we don't destroy our system. I know that's flooding us with adrenaline. That's mm-hmm. uh, more and more we think about thyroid health and that kind of thing. What's the best way to eat when you're really stressed out? Okay. I The thing that comes to mind when I think about being really stressed out is that looking at what exactly is the stress and is there a way to quickly minimize it? Do you know? Um, so for example, you're saying if you're behind in sleep, okay, mm-hmm. maybe you just couldn't, your schedule didn't allow you to get enough sleep. Yeah. All right. So uh, make sure you don't skip meals. And if cooking or preparing meals is a stress for you, it, it increases your stress, then the beauty is today in your grocery stores and some of the healthier grocery stores, they have some really great options and you can put together a meal so efficiently um, at the, you know, just look at the counter, you know, they have, you know, uh, prepared protein items, they have prepared vegetables, prepared potatoes or salads and that kind of thing. So go ahead and put together a meal that you may have prepared for yourself at home. You just don't have the energy to do it. Mm -hmm. And even for your family, you know, the other thing is, um, I grew up, my mother was a school teacher, she used her crock pot a lot, you know, just throw uh, stuff into a crock pot, and by the time you come home, your dinner's oh, ready. Done. So again, if if preparing meals is an added stress, then I would say, you know, go towards these suggestions. Uh, and even when you order in from a restaurant, make sure you're ordering in things that you maybe would have prepared at home, or just know follow the guidelines of a healthy food plan. That there's vegetables there, there's a protein source, and there's some kind of carbohydrate source mm-hmm. that's good for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, And that way, and then the one plate rule, because I think when we're stressed, some people are stressed, stress eaters. So they tend to want to go back for seconds or, you know, they eat very quickly. So stick to a one plate rule, make sure you hydrate before the meal and after. Uh, There's no problem with that, especially if it's water, because it's a neutral fluid. It's not going to mess with your pH. Everybody's concerned about alkaline Mm -hmm. and all that. I think mostly that you have to consume more vegetables to be more alkaline. And I think that also is going to help reduce physiological stress in your body. So more alkaline, high vegetable, um, moderate protein, and carbohydrate sources like vegetables that are starchy, um, peas, legumes that are pressure cooked and very easy to digest. Uh, I love sweet potatoes and some of the squashes that are out there, you know, um, so that's something that you can add as part of the meal. I think we talked, we touched on foods or um, food choices that are fluid choices that could actually add stress to the system. So when you're under physiological stress, I'm feeling stressed, I'm anxious, I'm, you know, worked up, that you don't want to have central nervous system stimulants like Mm -hmm. caffeine, you don't want a lot of sugar, those types of things are going to raise your energy and then drop your energy. When we're stressed, we tend to feel a little more fatigued or we're a little more prone to fatigue. Yeah, feeling kind of worn out. Yes, kind of that worn out feeling and frazzled feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's when you really want to up the ante on antioxidants. 
in the system. So you're breathing really shallow. It's going to help get rid of those free radicals, the floating oxygen molecules in Mm -hmm. the body that are enhanced when you're under stress. So let me ask you this. I think when we're stressed out, uh, you know, a lot of people go, man, I have had a day. I need a drink. Like, I think alcohol is probably a big one. A lot of us kind of, you know, go to that like, man, I've had a day. I'm going to go have a glass of wine, whatever. I mean, yes, you know. And then we read things like, well, having wine's good for the heart, or yes. it's not, or it's this, or it's dehydrating, or it's this. What about that? Under Especially under times of stress, I think it's so built into our culture that alcohol is a coping thing. Yes. Well, you know, it. some people actually get some relief from a glass of wine at a meal, and I don't have a problem with that. And actually, for men, the studies show that it's actually very uh, cardioprotective, but after a certain point, so if you cannot stop at one glass of wine, then maybe you have to ask yourself what's going on what's here? going yeah. on here because there are guidelines for alcohol. there is no nutritional uh, requirement for alcohol, and I would prefer you know maybe sitting uh, having a cup of hot tea and and relaxing with something like that or taking a hot bath, um, getting a massage, you know looking for some of these lifestyle things, go and exercise. Make sure that when you have a stressful schedule, that if you even take 10, 15 minutes, just take a walk and release it. Uh, When I was in college, that was a big thing when we were studying for finals. You know, as a group, we would just, okay, we're we're stopping. Let's just go for a walk and kind of just get some of that adrenaline off the, you know, the cortisol levels that go up when you're stressed, reduce those, increase endorphins, that those feel-good um chemicals in the body so to de-stress you because that's the best way to do it instead of turning turning to alcohol because like i said sometimes that one drink can turn in too many and i've i have too many friends and family uh suffer ill mm-hmm. effects from alcohol sure. so again a glass of wine at a meal no problem now you said for men is it yes. not cardioprotective for women not so cardioprotective for women and that's the, actually for women I, I pretty much say, if you don't have to drink, don't drink. Interesting. Because there's links to certain types of cancer in the body. So, yeah, there's no requirement for alcohol. It's never right. been, um, you know. you got to And, and there's, other ways, right. <laughs> there's other ways to thin your blood. And that's essentially what alcohol does. It de- decreases platelet aggregation or clotting mm-hmm. of, of in the system. So, but there's other ways to do that. And, and, and you know, when you think about the grape, it has the compounds in it, the polyphenols that are good for your body. So eat grapes. But again, you know, watch the portion because grapes have their own simple sugars in them. A lot of times I like to recommend you take 15 to 20 grapes, freeze them, and then have that as a snack at night. If you're craving something sweet, that's one of the best things you can do. Frozen fruit without sugar added, a cup of berries, uh, black cherries are great for your body. They have compounds in them that kill cancer cells, and they're just high in antioxidants. And, and they're very sweet. When you freeze them, they get a little bit sweeter. I think the molecules inside maybe burst open when they're frozen. And they're very, very satisfying for a sweet tooth. I'm talking from personal you know, experience because <laughs> I love sweets. Yeah. I used to love sweets. But you know what? 
they don't, you ultimately don't feel that great when you consume too many. So too much of anything. Yeah, too much Never of anything, a right? Good idea. Well, we're going to have to have you back on because there we have, we're out of time, okay. but there's so much I still want to talk with okay. you about. So sounds great. We, we are just going to have to have another show okay. uh, talking about how to care for ourselves. Yes. And so we've been talking with Roberta Gennaro. You can hear her at uh, here on WGN Radio. She has a podcast. I recommend you listen to it. And also, where can people go to find out more? Figurefacts.com, correct? figurefacts.com right now we are renewing the website so that the actual I have a tracking tool within the website so we're in the testing phase right now after 15 years I had to revamp my whole website because the technology changed so much that you know the um I don't know what you call it. The the technology was not allowing the code to read or ah, whatever. So, but it's all new. It's all new. Cool. It's brand new, and you have access to me. Um, and I also have access to dietitians nationally through the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics to refer people to um, get that support you need to take care of your body, not diet, but just learn how to eat right for your body. I like that. Yeah. Well, I I leave you all with these words tonight, and then we're going to take a break. We're going to go to news. We're going to do that. But here, in planning tonight's show, I read this quote about self-care that I think is very lovely. It's from uh, Brian Andreas. There are days I drop words of comfort on myself like falling leaves and remember that it is enough to be taken care of by myself. Good food for thought there. So we're going to take a break, get you to news, all that good stuff, back in just a bit here on 720 WGN.